0: Welcome to Unleash the Awesome with Dave Gambrill. All of us have unique skills, talents, and abilities that aren't being used to their full potential. Our mission is to share the people, tools, apps, and other resources that will help you unleash your awesome on the world. Yo, what's up? It's Dave. Welcome to another episode of Unleash the Awesome, and I am so excited For today's episode, because I have Dr. Robert Cialdini, who is an award winning behavioral scientist and author. He is a president and CEO of Influence at Work, focusing on live and virtual keynotes, streaming, and online corporate training. In acknowledgement of his outstanding research achievements and contributions in behavioral science, Dr. Cialdini was elected to the American Academy of Arts and Sciences and the National Academy of Sciences. He has over 230 professional and scientific publications. He's Regents Professor Emeritus of Psychology and Marketing at Arizona State University. He is known as the foundational expert in the science of influence and how to apply it ethically in business and elsewhere. And his principles of persuasion have become the cornerstone for any organization serious about increasing their effectiveness in sales, leadership, marketing, management, and communication. And he is also a three-time New York Times best-selling author with more than 5 million copies sold throughout the world. I have been studying Dr. Cialdini's stuff for at least 30 years. I think I read his book, Influence the Psychology of Persuasion, probably 34, 35 years ago, and it has been a foundational piece of my success in life because no matter what, every single day, you have opportunities to influence and persuade people. And it's not just for sales and marketing, those you'll hear in our conversation there are some really powerful things you could do in that domain but just in dealing with people on a day-to-day basis whether it's talking to your kids and trying to get them to eat more vegetables maybe you have a project or something that you want to get through to your boss or to your colleagues and you want them to approve it there are strategies and techniques that he teaches that will help your success rate skyrocket so he actually has a new version it's been 14 years since he's updated the book But he has a new and expanded version of Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. It has over 220 pages of new information, over 60-some new case studies, and it comes out May 4th. So if you're listening to this episode prior to May 4th, go pre-order a few copies right now. And yes, I said a few copies because you're going to want to give this to everybody. I mean, anybody that you want to be successful in life. People in your family, people on your sales team, people in your office, whatever. You're going to want to have multiple copies. Uh, if it's May 4th or later, then just go order the copies outright. But you're, you're going to want to make sure you get a copy of this because it's amazing. And, and it's not just science. You'll hear in our conversation, he has very practical applications. There are things they've done in this edition that teach you not only the science and, and the why behind it, but what specifically you can do to harness the power of the principles that he has studied So I've never said this before on any of my podcast episodes, but you are going to want to take notes. Maybe you can't right now because you're in the car, so listen to it one time through, but you are going to want to go back and listen to it again and take notes because our conversation was that good. So without further ado, let's go on to my conversation with the godfather of influence, Dr. Robert Cialdini. So Dr. Cialdini, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so thrilled to have you. Uh, As I was mentioning before we started recording, I've been studying your stuff and applying your principles of persuasion for probably 30 some years now. (laughs) And so I'm really excited to have you join us today. So thank you.
1: Well, I'm glad to be with you, Dave.
0: So I understand you have a new book, new version of your book coming out, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. It's a new and expanded version. And there are 220 new pages of information yeah it's it's amazing so i guess my first question for you is what are some of the new things people can look forward to when they get their copy of this new and expanded version
1: well of course uh it's been 14 years since the last edition so there's a lot of new persuasion science results uh, and implications for those of us who want to be more influential as a result. The biggest one is that I've added a new principle of influence, a new universal principle of influence. In the past, I just had six. Uh, Reciprocity, people want to give back to you if you've given to them. Liking, uh, people like those who like them and say so, so praise, uh, uh, compliments, as well as similarity. Those things both increase the rapport people feel with us. Social proof. People want to follow the lead, especially when they're uncertain, of what those around them like them are doing. Authority. People reduce their uncertainty another way by listening to the voices of legitimate authorities, experts on the topic. If you can provide that information, they will say yes to you. Uh, scarcity. Scarcity. People want more of those things they can have less of. And then commitment and consistency. They want to be consistent with what they have already said or done in your presence. Mm -hmm. So if you can get them to take a small step in your direction, they will have been readied to take a much larger step in that direction subsequently because it will be consistent with what they've already done. And now there's a seventh principle that I call unity. This is the principle that says to a communicator, if it's possible for you to arrange for the recipient of your message to see you as one of them, not just like them, but of them, of a category, of a group, that they use to define themselves. They have a social identity invested in this group. All influence barriers come down to you. Mm. People will say yes to you more. They'll trust you more. They'll want to cooperate with you more. They'll want to help you more. They'll believe you more. All of those things will be enhanced as a result of doing that. So how do we do that? How could a communicator do that? A couple of ways. One is simply to uh, identify genuine categories that you share with another individual. There is a lovely study that was done on a college campus. Researchers had a young woman, college-age student, stand on a busy uh, corner of uh, some paths uh, going through campus and ask people for a donation to the United Way. And she was getting some level of uh, contributions. But if she added one sentence to that appeal, and that sentence was, I'm a student here too, 250% 250% more people gave because she didn't just say, I'm a student like you. That's, that's not a, a category. That No, I'm a student here too. I'm one of you. I'm a Spartan, or I'm a Bruin, or I'm a Sun Devil, or I'm a Blue Devil, or whatever it is. I'm of us. Everything came down and people were more willing to say yes. Here's another one that I have found worked for me. And that is, if you've been working with people for a long time, if you have an ongoing relationship, maybe it's a colleague or a client that you, you know, bring that to the surface before you begin making an appeal. Remind them of the partnership, of that connection, of that bond, of that unity that exists between you, and that increases uh, compliance significantly. And then finally, just use one word differently. Um, For example, a lot of times we need to get people with us Get, a, get people who join us in an idea that we have, a new initiative we have. We want to get buy-in from people before we want to take it forward, so that we can point to the fact that social proof, look, there's a lot of people who agree with me on this. How do you get buy-in from people when you have an idea? Typically, we're told, well, what you do is you invite them into the process by providing feedback to you on your idea. This is the essence of co-creation within marketing, which is an enormous success. If we invite people to give uh, us their ideas of what our new products should look like, what our new features should look like, which things we should take out, which things we should include, that's the whole process of co-creation, and it's been very successful. But when we ask for their feedback, we need to be careful not to make the mistake I used to make all the time and ask for their opinion on our new idea or initiative. Because when you ask for an opinion, you get a critic. You get somebody who takes a half step back from you and looks inside themselves and compares your idea and sort of represents everybody else against your idea, right? And they're thinking about it, right? If instead of using the term opinion, you ask for their advice, you get a partner. They come over and stand with you and imagine everybody else against the two of them in the consideration of this idea they work with you together on this and the research shows as a consequence if you use the term can i get your uh, can i get your uh, advice on this you get significantly more buy in than if you say can i get your opinion
0: it's the difference between a critic
1: and a partner
0: that- that is amazing. And, and what, what jumps out at me with, with all of your work is that a lot of this stuff is one word. It's one simple tweak. It's it's putting a question in front of another question. It's simple stuff. A lot of the stuff that's being taught online, or you know, we have these 27 principles and these 87 things you need to do and all these hoops you need to jump through. But time and time again, the stuff that you study and bring to the surface is simple but so powerful in the implications if you use them properly. So I, I love those examples. Boy, I
1: think that's just a bullseye observation, Dave. And the thing that I have come to see about it is that the power is already in the people we are dealing with. Yep. There are tendencies, there are drives that cause them to say yes to it as identified by the six principles. We say yes when an authority has, has uh, advocated something we say yes when something's scarce we say yes when a lot of other people like us are doing those are the the big powerful sources in us what we do with that one word or one sentence is trigger we flick the switch that engages that power that allows it to flow through us um, into compliance to be honest
0: amazing i mean the title of this podcast is unleash the awesome and it's amazing to think that you can help people unleash their awesome or you can unleash the awesome in them with one word one trigger one one thing like that and it's so powerful the the other thing that jumped out at me in the new version of your book is you have these e-boxes that are there to to highlight for people so i think a lot of times when people hear about these books and there's science involved and maybe they're not very scientific they're like i don't want to read all that because i don't understand how to apply it how is it going to make sense to me but what i found fascinating is you have these e-boxes that say to people listen here's the science here's the study here's the stuff that we know works and oh by the way here is exactly how people are applying it specifically online and so i love how you've included that in the new version
1: In fact, there's a study that I love to talk about. uh, Because it was a scientific study, researchers looked at 6,700 digital commerce sites online. And they looked at A-B tests that those people had done, take a feature out, put a feature in, and look to see which were the features that had the most power in moving people into conversions, right? And they had twenty. They they measured twenty nine of these things. Everything from techno, uh, technological uh, additions, you know, uh, search features within the thing to um, uh, sales uh, approaches, calls to action lines, badging certain product uh, or or models that uh, were especially uh, uh, recommended, and so on. None of those things were as powerful as the principles of influence, human psychology, that drove people to say yes. And what's interesting for me was that they were actually able to rank the various principles of influence into what was most powerful online. And the one that was most powerful was scarcity because it scarcity moves people off the fence. It mobilizes them into action, right? It doesn't just cause you to like the other person. It doesn't just cause you to reduce your uncertainty. It moves you. And there was a particular kind of scarcity that was especially powerful. Limited-number scarcity... Scarcity that said, essentially, there are only a certain number of um, options available within this uh, time frame, only a number of uh, of remaining product, or at this price, only this many are remaining. That was the most powerful of all. Hmm. Another one that was very powerful, but not as high, was scarcity in a different way, limited time offers, as opposed to limited number offers. Limited time offers were, well, uh, this uh, this price ends next Thursday or on May first, whatever it is, right? So you have a limited time. That worked, but not as powerfully as we only have a limited number of these at this price, right? Why? Because limited number includes the motivating, mobilizing feature of competition. It means you're in competition with other folks who are uh, also in the market for whatever it is that you're offering. And so people know I can't dilly-dally, I can't dither. I have to move here. And that was the one that uh, outstripped everything else.
0: Fascinating. Before you jump on to the next one, yeah. I heard you use the example of uh, booking.com to yeah. kind of highlight that. Yes. So could, could you share that with the audience too, about how they put those things on the page so, to, to highlight those scarcity principles? Right. Booking.com,
1: co- uh, when it first started, of course, it was new, relatively new. And they were trying out various strategies to see if they could get people to uh, reserve Uh, hotel rooms or flights or trips with them. And, of course, hotel rooms is their biggest market. Uh, So people would go to the site. They'd see a room, and they'd see what the price was that was offered for it. That was the standard way that they did it. And then they happened to be reading my book, Influence, (laughs) uh, an earlier edition, and they read about scarcity and and competition. So here's what they did they included, and if you've been on these sites now, you've seen it too, they give you information how many of these rooms are still available at this price. And then they added, how many people are looking at this room right now with you? The consequence was, the customer service unit that had to deal with bookings that was that were coming in, sent a letter to the technology unit saying the system has has clearly got a deficit in it because uh, we've gotten so many bookings that this can't be true. It's more than what we've ever gotten by multiples. So there's something wrong with the technology. There wasn't any. There wasn't anything wrong with the system. The system was fine. In fact, the real system at work was the human drive to have scarce things that we're in competition with. That's what drove this enormous amount of change. And of course, Booking.com now includes that. in all of their uh, presentations, and they've become the biggest uh, booking site
0: uh, in the world right now. That, that is amazing. And something I want to highlight and what you said there too is you know a lot of people will say to me, you know what is the newest gadget? What is the newest tool? what's the newest thing I can add to my site? And what I'm hearing you say is those things might work and they're, they're great, but only if they highlight the scarcity, the reciprocity, the social proof, all those things that you talk about in your book
1: you're exactly right now sometimes people have said to me you know i i have as many of these things as i as i can uh, sell i i don't have limited number well you could have limited number uh, at this price or limited number of this model or the limited number with this bonus associated with it those are all possibilities yeah. right the other thing that you can do to engage scarcity Is you have, if you have a unique or uncommon feature, something that differentiates you from your rivals that nobody, that people can't get unless they go in your direction, that's scarcity. Mm -hmm. That needs to be highlighted right at the beginning the differentiators that people would lose if they didn't move in your direction. Now, uh, uh, so often it's not one thing that differentiates you from any of your competitors. It's a suite of features or aspects of what you can provide that nobody else in combination can do that. It's that set then that should be focal in the attention of your uh, customers, prospects, and so on, at, the, at when you make your appeal. Now, there were other principles as well, social proof, of course, the idea that uh, if a lot of other people are doing this, uh, it's the right thing to do. And so, uh, websites in this big study uh, that, sh- that showed uh, a lot of others who were doing this and showed trends in that direction, They were the next highest. Immediately after limited number came social proof, giving people evidence of what others were doing, moving in this direction. I think that's wonderful for startups because a lot of times you don't have the biggest market share. You can't claim the the biggest part of the the market uh, 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 or a lot of customers yet. But if you can show a trend in your direction. You get something, a form of social proof we've never seen before, future social proof. Hmm. Because what research shows is if you see a trend, right? Two years ago, we had 10% of the market. Last year, we had 15% of the market. This year, we have 20% of the market, right? People will project that trend upward into the future. And now you get levels of social proof you don't even have yet because you have shown a trend in that direction. And we have done research that shows that tell people you've got 20%, you get a certain amount of uh, purchasing or a a buy-in to the idea tell people that you got there by first starting at 10, then 15, and then 20, you outstrip that success significantly Mm -hmm. because people presume that you will continue in that direction and they're being sold by levels of social proof that don't even exist yet. Future social proof. It's amazing. Yeah. Another one of the... Please go ahead.
0: Yeah, that's amazing to me because... I see a lot of startups. I work with a lot of startups. I work with a lot of people who are just launching their business online. And a lot of times they ask me questions that you've addressed, which are great. Like, I don't want to manufacture scarcity, but you've addressed that. And then the other one is like, how do I get social proof or how do I how do I show that? And you've given right. some good examples here. And I would imagine, uh, do testimonials fit in that category as well?
1: Testimonials fit from peers, from other people of buyers, other people who are like you who've done that. okay, And testimonials also fit with the next principle that was most effective, authority. Mm. Testimonials from experts have that ability to reduce our uncertainty that your choice is indeed a good one because experts are saying either, oh, this fits with what I think uh, we need, in this particular domain or they're saying i've tried this and this was great compared to uh, everything else that i know about this particular domain here's what we fail to recognize about expert communicators one is not enough if you want to if you want to increase the power of authority multiply them hmm. recruit uh, voices, find out on the internet people who have said things that are congruent with your core value, your core differentiators, and have them first. Put them in your message first, before you even begin your appeal, so that their aura, the aura of authority, is their influencing every single sentence that you are providing don't wait till the middle or at the end where we often find testimonials first
0: interesting because yeah, i i can't think of an example where i've seen that most people will bury the testimonials further down the page but you're saying the data suggests move those up a little higher because of the the carryover effect i guess
1: exactly you've got them right here's the question how do i optimize them No, well, you optimize them by multiplying them. Number one, you find more than one. And secondly, you put them at the outset. So people see everything you say through the lens of that authority set of testimonials. Yeah.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So I know there's also, I think reciprocity showed up in the study as well. And how do you, how do you play that online?
1: So. Um, The reciprocity rule says people want to give back to those people who have given to us first, of course. Um, uh, We all live by that rule. There's not a human society on earth that fails to train its members in the rule of reciprocity. It says you have to give back to those who have given to you. All right. Well, what can you give online? What can you give? Well, for me, The best thing you can give combines the gift with the perception of your expertise and authority. Mm -hmm. And that is you give people information, not about your product or service and what is so good about it. That's going to be elsewhere in the you give people a gift of information about how to be the best consumer in this particular area or what are the greatest mistakes that people make in making choices uh, within this particular area. So you are associated with a white paper or a tip sheet that tells people what are the things that they should look for, what are the things that they should guard against, not with regard to your Product or service, then it becomes a device, right? And now, not only have you given them the gift, you've established yourself as an expert on the topic. You're an authority in this area. So now you've got two of the principles linked together, moving in your direction, moving the the um, the recipient in your direction. And then there's one last one that rose to the surface liking. No surprise that we prefer to say yes to those people we like, right? But here's what those websites did that were able to engage liking, right? So that it was more successful than all of the other, there were 23 others after you got through the the social, you got through the the, the human persuasion principles, right? Then there were 23 others that didn't make much of a difference at all. But liking was done by a welcoming letter to the site in which visitors were welcomed graciously and told, we're glad that you're here and and we're, we hope that you will find uh, what you need. We're happy to help in any way we can. So just that... That sort of thing we do at the front door with the, our friends and so we welcome them. And that now becomes part of the rapport that they feel with us.
0: That That is amazing. I want people to understand that because a lot of people are taught to put videos, video sales letters towards the top of their page. And, and what you're saying is simply by saying, even at the outset of that video, welcome, we're glad to have you here. We're, we're here to serve you or something along those lines. That is more impactful than 23 of these other you know, bells and whistles we can put on the website. Saying that simply upfront in that sales video or the welcoming video would, would be one of the most powerful things they could do. Exactly. Imagine you're
1: welcoming a friend into your home for dinner or to stop by and, and say hello and have a... What would you say to your friend? How would you intro, How would you welcome your friend into your home? Use that kind of language. Here's the problem with the internet, besides all the benefits of it. We lose human touch. Mm -hmm. We lose the sense of connection and humanity that we had in face-to-face interactions. Anything we can do to restore that, like a welcome at the beginning, right, will significantly increase uh, our success.
0: Interesting. As you were saying that, I was thinking about the idea of a lot of people try to position themselves as like the guru on the mountain that you need to earn to you know to take the trip up the mountain to go get their counsel but a lot of the stuff i'm hearing you say is you no, know, if you position yourself as the guide who comes alongside and and speaks the same language as one of them unity and then adds this welcoming touch to it that is so much more powerful than trying to posture yourself as the expert because just by doing some of those things that also gets you the authority that you're looking for. Is that accurate? Exactly right.
1: And, um, you know, I think you can see it in other ways as well. This So, for example, uh, there was a study of negotiations being done online, and they found that if the negotiators first sent information to one another about who they were, what their interests were, what their hobbies were, uh, uh, where they went to school, where they grew up, and so on, the number of successful negotiations where they came to a mutually beneficial uh, reconciliation you know, of, of the issues right, went from 30% stymied negotiations when they didn't exchange information to 6% deadlocked negotiations when they did exchange information the other person became more human right? not just some cipher on a across yeah. the country on a keyboard now here's the best thing about that study that i like it did show yes humanizing yourself uh, works people like us if we're they know more about us they see us as more like a person as a as a as a result but inside the information that they exchanged if there were commonalities if there were uh, parallels oh you're a runner I'm a runner you're an only child, I'm an only child. Well, you have twins, I have twins. Wh- whatever it was, those commonalities accelerated the tendency to give grace to the other person and come to a mutually beneficial dis- dis- uh, uh, solution.
0: That that is amazing because I get a lot of pushback from people when I'll explain to them, look, you need to tell your origin story somewhere on your page, somewhere in your video. And people say, I don't have time for that. I need to get to the chase, tell my features and benefits, and then have my call to action. I keep telling them, no, you need to humanize your brand a little bit. And so I'm glad the science backs that up of, yeah, work your origin story in there. It doesn't need to be 30 minutes, but work something in there that makes it seem like you're a a human being that other people can connect with.
1: Exactly. You know how a lot of sites have, uh, 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 you know, uh, websites, they'll have an about you, about Mm -hmm. us section, and what you you'll read about the people inside the organization. And they're invariably exclusively professional. Yep. They never tell things. And my hobby is sailing. Or uh, I'm a, a comic book collector. Or uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm one of uh, uh, triplets, uh, whatever it is, people find those connections now that didn't exist in their mind. Beam. They were there. They just weren't at top of mind or at, in mind at all. And now you're humanized and similar. Wow. Double
0: barreled effectiveness. That's amazing. Well, i want to be respectful of your time thank you so much for joining us today i want to remind everybody to go get a copy of the new and updated influence the psychology of persuasions the new and expanded version and i wouldn't say just get one copy you should get multiple copies because this will be a book that you'll want to give away to your whole sales team you'll want to give away to your friends your family anybody that you want to be successful in this world in influencing and persuading other people you're going to want to put a copy of it in their hands so everybody's watching listening make sure you grab it but I know there's some people that like me will totally geek out on this stuff and they want to do a deeper dive. And I know that you have some powerful online on-demand persuasion training. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how people can get more information on it?
1: Yeah, we have a two-day persuasion workshop, principles of persuasion workshop that we run face-to-face. That's shut down during the pandemic. We're starting it again. But the big news is we now have an online, on-demand Principles of Persuasion workshop, an e-workshop that includes executive coaching for those people who want to be uh, participants in this workshop.
0: That is amazing. Where can people find, is there a website they can go to to get more information?
1: Yes, the best place is our website. It is www.influenceatwork.com.
0: Awesome. I will make sure wherever people are taking in this broadcast today that all the links will be in the show notes, the description, whatever, uh, so that everybody can get access to not only the book, but these amazing trainings you now have on your website. Dr. Cialdini, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. And I know my audience will get a lot, a lot of benefit from our conversation today. So thank you.
1: I enjoyed this conversation,
0: Dave. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Awesome. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please share us on your favorite social media platforms using hashtag UnleashAwesome.